Marhaba, and welcome to the Matrix Green Pill, where real people connect. Hello and welcome back to the Matrix Green Pill podcast. I'm Hilmarie Hutchison, and today I'm excited to have Mohammed Elmak, also known as Madris, as my guest on the podcast. Madris is the PMO and R&D director at FortiGuard, a startup on a mission to cool cities. FortiGuard is making use of cutting-edge technology and data to tackle one of the Middle East's most pressing climate-related issues. Madris, welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me and uh, look forward to this conversation. Thank you so much. Me too. So let's first of all start with a little background about yourself. And you'll have to explain, of course, why you go by Madras. Tell our audience a little bit about you. I'm Mohammed al and And uh, yeah, I go by Madras. It's an old story back in school days, uh, but uh, kind of when... Uh, Nicknames were cool, you can say, or you're trying to come up with a cool uh, email address back in the day. So just came up with uh, this name that basically it's a combination of uh, my first name and my middle name. And it just kind of rhymed together there. So uh, from uh, you know, Muhammad Awad, so it just came up that way. And my friends liked it and it just caught from there. So that's why I called Madrid. But yeah, as you said, I'm the PMO and R&D director at FortiGuard. My life has been split between uh, the UAE and the US. I would say about a 50-50 split. Uh, so I've uh, raised growing up in the UAE. And uh, I would say the second part of uh, my life, I would say higher education and professional career has been in the US. I'm a mechanical engineer by degree. I have a passion for machinery and how things work. I'm a car fanatic. So uh, yeah, there's an informal uh, engineering motto that says, it's not broken, then take it apart and fix it. And yeah, that's pretty much me. How did you get into this line of work or how did you get into what you're doing? So back since I was a kid, right, I just had interest in you know how things work, taking things apart, I bounce from architecture, right, like to buildings, to machinery. You know, I've come to realize that I would say engineering is my interest. That's kind of the path I chose for my higher education. You know, after higher education, you know, as a young graduate, I was just looking for a job to get my foot in the door like all other graduates. But I had interest in energy. And with God's blessing, you know, my first job was in energy and uh, electricity generation sector. So and my career just took off from there. I've been working in the energy and construction sectors ever since, 10 plus years, uh, most of which has been building and retrofit energy infrastructure. And along the way, I've always had interest in understanding the big picture, uh, how things work and how we can improve processes and do better. And as I progress my career, you know, I've uh, become more familiar with the climate change and environmental challenges, again, as it relates to the energy sector and, you know, and all these challenges environmentally we're facing as a humanity. And uh, here comes FortiGuard. So before we get into FortiGuard, so did you say you have a passion for cars? Yes. So have you rebuilt cars or what have you done with cars that's... I'm not too much into rebuilding, but it's more of uh, modifying them, making them go fast. I like racing. I watch Formula One. If you ask anyone that knows me, whether a close friend, a co-worker, or someone that just meets me for a few minutes, they'll pick up quickly that I'm very passionate about cars. So I like sport cars. So I usually, that's my hobby on the side. And I get it, you know, trying to modify it try to take it to the racetrack. That's my spare time. You know, that's my hobby. Okay, let's get back to FortiGuard then. So can you tell us the story behind the name of FortiGuard and then also tell us a little bit about FortiGuard, what it's about? Sure. If you're okay with that, I'm going to reverse the question, right? So let me tell you a little bit about FortiGuard and then explain how the name came about. Go for it. So as you said at the beginning, you know, FortiGuard is on a mission to cool cities and uh, we believe what gets measured gets improved. And then the best solutions come from understanding data. There's a urban heat island phenomenon that's out there that's not new, which is basically the increased temperature in urban areas compared to the surrounding areas, which can be as high as 14 degrees Celsius more in the city 
than the surrounding areas. Urban heat has been on the rise. As you mentioned, the UAE climate also is obviously it's a hot climate. And so as a result of that, for instance, electricity demand in urban areas has shown to increase by 2 to 4% for every 1 degree Celsius increase in ambient temperature. But more importantly, from a human perspective, you know, our bodies function at an optimal core temperature, right? And so the hotter the surrounding temperature is, the body has to work to maintain that core temperature. The issue with this urban heat is that no one was able to quantify baseline or measure or, or understand the correlation, right, between this increased outdoor temperature and impact on indoor temperatures and energy users and human health, which all leads to different expenditure for companies and governments to address this issue. So the key thing with that is that it's microclimate heat data is the missing ingredient to solve the urban heat point faster and more efficiently. And then this is where 40 Guard comes in to try to tackle that problem. With understanding of that, the name for 40 Guard, the ozone layer is the guard to the earth or the Earth's surface, and it's roughly 40 kilometers away from the Earth's surface. So we believe that the name suits our mission, which is to improve people's lives and help guard them from the increased urban heat. And yeah, so that's the story behind the 40 guard name. What was the catalyst for starting the company? I would say it's three things, right? We at 40 Guard, you know, we gathered around the improvement of uh, people's lives and we have a clear vision towards that. And we saw that there's a problem with this urban heat, does not have a material solution in place, and it's very hard to measure the problem in terms of size or how the solution could be implemented. We also saw in Los Angeles uh, where they painted roads back in 2018. Aside from the fact that it was an ambitious and interesting project to cool the city itself, we realized that it, it wasn't effective because one of the reasons is that you're reflecting those sun rays back to the people and buildings. In addition to that, there was an added OPEX to maintain these roads as repainting the roads every three to six months. And on top of that, this was limited to roads with lower speed limits. So we're talking 40 kilometers per hour and less, which is you know not the majority of uh, city roads. But the third was also the ease of establishing and starting a business in the UAE. So the UAE may have been started late in this aspect, but now the UAE is taking the lead in providing startups with ecosystems and an environment to grow and flourish. I think one of the challenges for regard is that we need someone to test and pilot our product so we can validate the ecosystem and prove it's working. And then this is where... 40 Guard, you know, we got support from entities such as Hubs of Anyone, Mosler City, Hamad Bin Rashid Innovation Fund, and so on. And obviously, not to mention that the UAE has a desert climate perfectly suited for testing and being a proving ground for our technology. You mentioned earlier that uh, you believe in that what gets measured gets improved and that the best solutions come from using and understanding data. Can you unpack that a little bit for us? What does that mean? If you look at uh, the big companies nowadays, right, 10 of the largest companies in the world, right, you know, I would say six of 10, they all deal with data. And nowadays is the issue with the urban heat is that nobody's able to put a, a price or a number to it. And money is kind of, I would say, the common denominator for everyone, right? So there is satellite data and all that for the urban heat, but nobody's able to provide that microclimate granular data to explain this problem in details and what it takes to solve it. When we went to tackle this problem with urban heat, we couldn't find data to support it. No one can quantify the size of the problem. We at 40 Guard wanted to capture the data for this problem and translate it in a way everyone can understand, which is money. Everybody understands money. So we are sensing temperatures in very granular manner, longitude, latitude, vertically, et cetera, and in all aspects to take the guesswork out of the decision and make it all backed up by understanding data. Basically, it's pretty simply put, if there is no data, we're providing that data to, you know, when it comes to urban heat. You know, no one is able to say, right, 
if you change this, right, kind of similar to the Los Angeles example, right? Hey, you paint this white, or you do this. Well, what is the result? You're spending all this money, but what is the true impact, right? What are you reducing, right? Here's how much you've reduced your maintenance costs, or here's how much you improve people health or improve your tourism, or here's how much the temperature delta you change. And when it comes to data, it's one thing that you talk about ambient temperature or there's just the air temperature, there's surface temperature, and then there's different levels of that, right? So you got the human level temperature, you got the surface temperature, you got the canopy layer temperature. So we're trying to come up with that data and basically be able to dissect the data further so we can provide tailored solutions to the urban heat emergencies. Okay, so you are measuring what's there now and then providing solutions for cooling cities and then measuring the impact of that afterwards. That's correct. Okay, so just to make it practical, what are some of the things that can be done to cool a city? You mentioned white paint. Our cooling solution, I would say, our strategy is is divided into two, right? So there's one, what we call asset optimization intelligence, right? Where we look at the existing infrastructure and with analyzing that data, and we can give the clients tailored strategies, right, to re-optimize their assets. Maybe they need to increase shade in one area. Maybe they need to replace an existing surface, right, like white paver versus a shaded paver. Turf, you know, grass, right, artificial grass versus natural grass. But once we understand that data, we're able to tailor that. The second part of that is what we call the material science solution, where you come in and you change, you know, you understand the surface material, and then we provide input on a modified mix or material to improve that surface uh, heat cap- heat capacity or heat transfer capability, you know. So if you take asphalt, for example, you need to understand the components of that. And asphalt mix is a little different from region to region, but it's for the most part consistent, let's say in the UAE. So you take, you understand that surface and then you provide the client with a modified material science solution that they could replace the existing surface or modify the existing surface that will help mitigate the heat or the surface heat coming from that service, which is contributing to the human level temperature. To make these changes, do they require like massive overhaul or massive changes or can small changes sometimes have a big impact? So this is what we're trying to do is that we're not trying to do a kind of a, what I call a clean house solution, right? Start from the beginning. You know, with this data, we will be able to identify what we call uh, urban heat emergencies, where you have elevated heat temperatures in certain areas, right? So we're not looking to say, hey, look at this, the entire city of Dubai, you have to replace all this, you know, asphalt, you have to change the type of paver, et cetera. No, we look at the localized data, say 10 square meter, 20 square meter, whatever the area we're interested in, right? And then we give tailored solutions specific for that area because when we have the data, we can say that this is the most contributing section or portion of this area that's contributing to the heat. And then with that, our aim to, is to be able to provide a return on investment to the client where we show that, hey, this, these are solutions available. Here's how much it costs and here's how much return on investment you get based on the improvement, whether it's uh, reduced capital costs, reduced maintenance costs durability, uh, longevity of uh, certain structures, and also the added uh, benefit uh, to human health, depending on this, the location of the client's interest. I know that you also use innovation and you believe innovation is important to reduce temperature in cities. Can you talk a little bit about that? Why is that important? So that is important because as a startup, not only that, you know, you found a problem, you found, a, I would say, a gap in the market, right, that you're trying to fill, but you also have to do it innovative way. Not only innovation is about new ideas, but it's also about efficiencies and doing things better, I would say. That is important because here we're dealing with data, right? Data could get cumbersome. So we're trying to make sure that we focus on our core capability, right, which is understanding data and all that, looking at what existing 
solutions are there or existing methods. You know, sensing temperature is not necessarily, we're not creating something new here, right? It's something that's been used, right? But we're realizing that purposes, right? So how can we learn from the sensing technologies that are out there used to better serve this uh, urban heat problem in the granular data we're looking for? The material science, material science has been out there, right, for the, the different surfaces, specifically roads and pavers uh, or interlock have been out, used for years. But now you're talking about using it a little differently to tackle a different problem. So from a startup standpoint, bringing it back to the startup, it's one thing to say, hey, I got a solution for this problem, but it's more impactful if you're able to incorporate innovation because it helps your startup use its resources uh, appropriately and efficiently to keep moving forward. You mentioned that the company is fairly new. What challenges have you faced in setting it up? Yes. So I think if you ask anyone that's uh, started a company or been involved with a startup, they'll all agree that there's some challenges. But I would like to highlight that, you know, with challenges come opportunities. So you have to keep that in mind. I always like to say the glass is half full. So keep that in mind when it comes to challenges. So for us at FortiGuard, we started, I would say, the beginning of 2020. And everybody still remembers, right? That was a exactly tough year for the whole world, not just one region. So that added difficulty for collaboration between the team. We do have team members kind of that, you know, we were based in the UAE, but some are overseas. So the collaboration, but that at the same time inspired the entrepreneurship within us to utilize our time efficiently and progress our technology despite the pandemic restrictions. And we also looked at it as like, hey, you know, we have more downtime. So, you know, with the lockdowns and being kind of at home. So we use that to actually pour more uh, sweat equity right into our startup. Secondly, this is a little different challenge here, a unique point is that we're one of few clean tech startups in the region and uh, the only clean tech startup in the entire ecosystem, I would say, at Hub 71, which we're part of in Abu Dhabi, uh, where you have over 100 startups. Where the opportunity comes is that with the increased focus on climate change, and uh, realizing the impact, especially during the pandemic years, it was a great opportunity for FortiGuard, right? So we take a leap forward with us focusing on measuring the urban heat and quantifying the problem and people better have an understanding of what we're after. Anytime when you can find a solution or provide a solution for the climate issues that we are facing, and that's uh, escalating all the time, I think that is a fantastic opportunity, as you say, to go for that. Just talking about setting up a company, and I know you have mentioned that the UAE is a fantastic place to start a company. There's a lot of systems in place to support entrepreneurs and startups. What advice would you give to other entrepreneurs wanting to start up a company? This is just my advice. There's a lot of advice out there, but this is just basically from our experience and how we've come about to create FortiGuard. But I would say first and foremost, the team you select is very important. And right with that is the culture you build. They go hand in hand because the team will set the culture for your startup. I like to share what our co-founder, my dear friend, Jihad Sadiq, he all says, the totality of collaboration always outworks the individuality of achievement. So from a startup standpoint, if you don't get the people to collaborate together, you'll never build something that has growth potential. The whole idea is that it's a collaborative effort to get there. I would echo the team point, right? It's not necessarily just startups, but even from my other experiences and professional career is that the team is, I would say, is half the battle, right? That's how you win things and accomplish things is because you have to have an effective team because that goes a long way. Also, I would say you have to have a, you know, establish a clear vision for who you are and where you're going as a startup. You have to be true to yourself. You know, you have to be clear, you have to be honest, flexible, and also be ready to say no. You will receive a lot of feedback and opinions that could influence your vision and strategy. So being able to say no sometimes can be important to stay true to your startup vision and strategy. Along with that, you need to have a clear strategy and establish objectives with clear KPIs or key performance indicators. I'm a firm believer is that you can't improve what you don't measure. 
I like what Denzel Washington said, right? Don't confuse movement for progress because you can run in the same place for a long time. That's why, you know, objective and KPIs are important so you can measure and track your progress. And the last one I would say is every startup should find inspiration and find leadership to advance their startup or company's vision and take it where it needs to go. Sometimes life happens and you you will face tough challenges, but you have to find inspiration and you have to make the comeback greater than the setback. Lovely. Wow. There was a lot in there. Certainly had many tips. So thank you very much. And I absolutely agree. Having a team that functions well together is half the battle one. There's absolutely no doubt about that. You've got big ambitions. You've started during a a tough time, but you've got a fantastic solution. What are some of your future goals? Do you have anything lined up? I want to keep this one simple. There's obviously, I was just talking about KPIs and objectives and all that, right? And we're working towards that. But I would say the simple goal for 40 Guard is that we're guiding the path towards understanding understanding of climatic challenges and how they can be solved. And to put it simply, right, our goal is to become the Google of heat maps and be able to operate in 40 plus cities around the world with no cost. We pretty much believe we can accomplish that by staying focused, staying disciplined, being dedicated and leading by perseverance and by working with the ecosystem. And in this case, when I say ecosystem, it's your market clients, right? So the corporations and so on, the policymakers and governments, community members, which is the general public, basically, all of us, the innovators, in this case, you know, our startup and other companies and the investors. One thing for sure is that if you look at this climate problem, right, if you look at the big scale, it's a collective effort. It's not a one person, one entity, one group that's going to be able to solve it. It's going to take all, right, because it's a global problem to solve it. And that's why our goal, like I said, think big, you know, and we aim to be the Google of heat maps when it comes to this problem. You've got some big ambitions, which is brilliant. And honestly, as you said, it's, it is a collective effort. This is a global issue. And it's so heartwarming to know that there are companies like 40 God out there that's actively working to find solutions to these big problems that are facing, facing us all as humanity. So well done on that. We wish you absolutely all the best with the growth of, of 40 God and, and all the things you'll be accomplishing. So that's lovely. Now, we've come to the segment of our show where I'd like to ask you some rapid fire questions, our version of a game show. As ready as it can be, let's go. <laughs> Your favorite sports car? I would say Koenigsegg. It's a Swedish car company. It's a hypercar. I like them because they push the boundaries. And the story behind the founder is interesting because he went to work for the current big names, right? Like uh, the Mercedes and another big manufacturer. He was kind of rejected, right? Or not necessarily been able to push his ideas through, right? So he went and created a startup, right? He created Koenigsegg Company out of Sweden, which is not famous necessarily for making cars, right? But he makes these hyper cars and it's all about pushing the boundaries in engineering, right? And they have patents and they've created a lot of groundbreaking innovations when it comes to car manufacturing. So I know it's a long answer, but that's the answer. Brilliant. And it's right up your alley with all the innovation and engineering that goes into that. So what's your favorite Formula One racetrack? Oof. That's a tough one. Not obviously having driven, right, other than in video games, most of them. I do like the Yas Marina circuit, the setting and, the, you know, especially with the Formula One race, and the sunset and everything. It's, it's great, especially with the recent modifications to make it a little faster. But I'll, I do like the circuit of the Americas here in, in, the, in Austin, Texas, in the U.S. Uh, I think it's a, it's a nice track. When are you the most productive? I'm definitely a morning person. Get my coffee in the morning and hit the ground running. But I've learned along the years you have to be productive when the time allows for your schedule. Excellent. Who is your inspiration and why? Definitely say it's my dad. He grew up in, from, in Sudan, 
He moved to the U.S. and then later on moved to the UAE. And uh, I've seen him just the dedication, the hard work in his career and also in setting the path for us and uh, making sure that we have a clear path to get to where we are. I'm here because of the example that he set for us. So That's lovely. Beautiful. And my final question, what is one thing you do every day, no matter how busy you are? Every day passes without something new learned is a day wasted. So no matter how busy I am, I make sure to take whatever it is to learn something new. And that doesn't have to be an earth-breaking discovery, right? Even something as simple, learn the other day the different pupils of the different humans and, and animals, right? And how they work and create it. So just taking the time to always teach yourself something new, whether it's a new skill, new knowledge, you know, something big, something small, but never stop pursuing to learn something. Oh, that's excellent. And I've learned something from you today. I didn't know how much hotter it was in the urban areas. So thank you for your teaching me today. So thank you for playing along. That was our game show over. Now, before we wrap up, we'd like to ask you about your green pool moment. So if you could take the green pool and go back in time and change one thing about your journey, what would it be? Before I answer it, I just want to say that I've come to know or understand or appreciate to never regret anything that happens to you along your life's journey. Look at them as life experiences, both the highs and the lows. And that's what keep shaping your journey further you go in life. With that, if I took the green pill, I would take more risks and don't set boundaries. Taking risks, especially when you're either out of school or college and you're younger, is relatively, I would say, easier and you're just starting a new career and having more flexibility to do different things. And as far as not setting boundaries, for me earlier in my career, I was hesitant to venture out and move from the area I was in, just to stay close to friends and family in the area I'm familiar with. But then I realized that there's so much potential to do great things across the world. You just have to be clear, be bold, and go out there and get it. And just to bring it back to the car subject, I've always had this thought that, hey, I want to be an automotive engineer, right? I want to be a race engineer and all that. I wasn't in the location that would would allow you to do that. And that's where energy kind of fits in well with me. And again, I'm thankful for it. But when I think about that pill, right? Hey, what if I just packed up and went to Europe where you got all the ecosystem there for the racing teams or the automotive world, or you went to Michigan in the US, right? Et cetera, right? How things would be different. So that's kind of my green film moment. But again, I stress to say that never regret anything. Always look back at what you've accomplished and what you've learned and the highs and the lows. And the key thing is that you take that into consideration to make sure either repeat a mistake and make sure you have that better experience moving forward to take on the next challenges in your life because there'll always be challenges and twists and shifts. And one thing I found is that you'd be surprised at how people career paths have taken different turns, twists from where all this started. Almost everybody you ask from where they started to where they are, especially the ones that say what we call in retirement age. It's interesting how their life moves around. So you just have to be flexible and be willing to go for the ride. I think that's very good advice for young ones listening to the podcast um, because, you know, they might, as you say, maybe be a bit afraid of taking those risks. So this will be, if not for yourself, I understand that you, what you mean about not regretting things, but good advice for others listening. So thank you very much for sharing that. And as you say, we never know where we're going to end up. We appreciate all the twists and turns life, life throws at us. Thank you very much for sharing that. And thank you so much for joining joining me today. This has been such an interesting discussion, an important one, I think, when it comes to um, the environment and the climate and, and where we're going. So thank you for all that you're doing as well. But before we say goodbye, could you please tell our listeners where they can find and follow you and FortiGuard as well? And we'll put this in the show notes as well. Certainly. You can uh, find obviously our website, uh, FortiGuard.com and same thing on Twitter and uh, Instagram at FortiGuard. F-O-R-T-Y-G-U-A-R-D. And me personally, 
You can find me at uh, Hamid uh, underscore A-E. It's M-O-H-A-M-E-D underscore A-E. Thank you again for having me. It's been a pleasure. And I want to say just thank you for inspiring us with your podcast. Always good discussions and great guests there. So thank you. Thank you very much. It was such a pleasure having you. And I wish you very well and for the God. And we'll definitely be watching your journey as well. If you enjoy our conversations, please like and subscribe. See you next Wednesday.